0: They ask me about religion, why? They ask me about my race and my tribe. They ask about my complexion. When they ask me, this is what I say: My grandfather was a Muslim, and my daddy was a Rasta. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace and blessings of Almighty God be upon each and every one of you. Welcome to this week's edition of A Diaspora of One, a weekly radio program highlighting issues and ideas relevant to the diverse Muslim communities in the Caribbean and Latin America. Guidance is a gift that the Lord shall give to any man or woman, whether small or big. God said you must reflect your heart, use your mind. So now you know the
1: reason why. In all my 50 years of fasting, nothing would have prepared me for this Ramadan. Although Ramadan is a very personal experience, to really enjoy that experience, it has to be shared communally. Wherever you live, whether in thriving Muslim communities in Trinidad and Guyana or on islands with fewer Muslims, our communities come alive in this month. Whether for Suhoor or Iftar, Fajr or Taraweeh We've been coming together from the time of our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi to our time unbroken in our tradition unbroken in our sense of submission to Allah unbroken on when to begin and when to open the fast No other faith community in the entire world can make this claim except the community of the final messenger to mankind If we focus on the fast alone the hunger and the thirst without focusing on the spirit of the experience we would miss out on the beauty of ramadan a month the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam described as sayyid al-shuhur master of all the lunar months it's impossible to divorce the cultural practice we embrace in ramadan from the act of worship itself that's why nothing could have prepared me or you for a ramadan during a pandemic suddenly we can't gather as we normally would to open the fast or pray the nightly tarawih salah these days highly intelligent people are intensely discussing the permissibility of praying tarawih virtually and participating in virtual juma salah but there is one thing you can't do virtually you can't eat virtually and there is nothing virtual about going hungry for 15 hours Eating together is priceless, and it has very little to do with what's on the menu. Our hunger and thirst is so intense. Our outward differences, the contingent forces of our lives, which we have absolutely no control over, that which sucks us into a bottomless pit of rage and anger, matters of class and race, gives way to a higher reality that we are all journeying to our Lord. The act of sharing our table, we call that commensality. It reminds us that the food we are about to enjoy is not ours in the first place. In a Hadith Qudsi we read, Ya ibadi, kullukum ja'i'un illa man at'amtuhu fastat'imuni ut'imkum O oh my servants, all of you are hungry except for those I have fed. So seek food of me and I shall feed you. So who is feeding us? It is our Lord. In a Hadith Qudsi, it is said, Ya Abna Adam, istat'amtuka falam tut'imni? Son of Adam, I asked you for food and you did not feed me. How is it possible to feed you when you are the Lord of the worlds? And then Allah says, My servant asked for food and you did not feed him. Had you fed him, you would have found your reward with me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says i asked you for drink and you refused and the son of adam says how is it even possible to provide you with drink when you are lord of the worlds and allah says my servant asked you for something to drink and you refused had you provided him with drink you would have found a reward with me if you've ever had the privilege of visiting other cultures during the month of ramadan you would have experienced a rich and diverse tapestry of commensality. But whether we are at the masjid compound on the a roof zinc, or sitting in the dingy carpet of your local mosques, or at home around your dining table with your finest utensils, the act of commensality will always begin with a prayer. Allahumma oh inni laka sumtu, wa bika amantu wa alayka tawakkaltu, wa ala rizqika aftartu. O Allah, I fasted for you, and I believe in you, and I put my trust in you, and I break my fast with your sustenance. And in another hadith, ذهب وابتلت وثبت الأجر Inshallah, the thirst has gone, and the veins are moistened, and reward is confirmed, if Allah wills.
2: That was a commentary by Nazim Baksh, a journalist and TV producer with the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Assalamu alaikum. Ramadan Mubarak. Welcome to this week's edition of A Diaspora of One, a weekly radio program highlighting issues and ideas relevant to the diverse Muslim communities in the Caribbean and Latin America. On today's show, we have a journalist, a community activist, and a medical doctor discussing the topic of Ramadan 2020. Assalamu alaikum, gentlemen. Wa as Right, so let's get straight into it. Let's start with the very basics Dr. Reza, what do you think is the true essence of Ramadan?
3: Well, Ramadan is the nine month in the Islamic lunar calendar and it's a month, you know, it's dedicated towards fasting. That's one of the most important things. It sort of punctuates and um, what Muslims do during this particular month in the lunar calendar. And this whole idea of fasting is something which is not just, uh, you know, has to do with Muslims, but it's something which has to do with the idea of building our spirituality. And people of all faiths do engage in the habit of fasting. For Muslims, fasting in the month of Ramadan is an opportunity for people to develop what the Quran describes as taqwa, or what the Qur'an describes as mindfulness of God or consciousness of God. And this is an important concept to appreciate in the Qur'an. If you look into the Qur'an and we look at the word taqwa and its derivatives, you would see that it is used over 150 times, which is significant in itself that this is something which the Qur'an seems to emphasize over and over again. And the idea behind this is to be able to connect with God and to be able to establish that person relationship with him. And fasting in the month of Ramadan, as all Muslims do, is really an opportunity for them to be able to Develop and engage in building their relationships with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And by being able to abstain from food and from drink and from sexual intercourse, it helps people to be able to curb and to be able to control their natural desires and build within them discipline. And that discipline itself is, is, is important. But that discipline is all geared towards developing that relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu has, you know, given us many um hadith or many of his sayings reflect the importance of fasting in this month of Ramadan. He says that fasting is a shield. So the person observing fasting should avoid sexual relations with his wife and should not behave foolishly and impudently. And if somebody fights with him or abuses him, he should tell him twice, I am fasting. That's very really important. But what I want to connect with is the very last part of what was said in that apart from the abstinence of eating and drinking, and engaging in worship. It's also about character building, to building the way that we relate not just to God, but how we relate to other people.
1: The beautiful stuff that Riza mentioned, which is directly from what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, that the purpose of fasting, tattaqun, is that you seek from the month of fasting this what we call taqwa. Taqwa is the fulcrum of Ramadan. It is the very essence of what the fasting is all about. And sometimes when we think of the word taqwa, people talk about fear, but it's more a God consciousness. It's more like awe, feeling a sense of awe in our relationship with Allah. When you fast, the hunger and the thirst awaken some sensibilities in you. And that's why we have this Hadith Qudsi where, Allah says, fasting is for me and I shall reward it. That is something very profound. So what is this taqwa, the fulcrum, as I said, of Ramadan? Imam Al-Qurtubi, one of the great Imams, said that it is to obey the commands of Allah, to respect His prohibitions, and to fulfill the obligations that Allah has placed upon us. So the first one, obey the commands of Allah, respect the prohibitions, and fulfill the obligations. post inwardly and outwardly. That is really what taqwa is. And as Brother Riza said, it's mentioned so many times in the Quran, in so many distinct ways. We have this hadith of uh, Muaz ibn Jabal. Prophet, peace be upon him, said that on the day of judgment, an announcer will say, where are the muttaqin? Where are the people who have taqwa, who have this God consciousness in them? And they will stand up from under the shade of the compassionate Ar-Rahman, And they will behold their Lord. They are the ones who purify their actions inwardly and outwardly. That is really what taqwa is. And so this month of Ramadan, there is so many beautiful, remarkable benefits of fasting in the month of Ramadan. Down to the person who experienced it by not eating and drinking and not being able to sort of brush your teeth as often as you would during the normal day. People might develop. The breath has a certain scent, a certain smell. And sometimes people become conscious. If you fasted, you become conscious of it. And even that smell, the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, is better than the smell of musk in the eyes of Allah, in the ranks of the angels. So this is the month in which immense benefit. And it is also the month in which the Quran was revealed. Shah Ramadan unzila fihi quran hudal The Quran came down in this month. So this month is elevated, and that's why it's referred to by our Prophet, peace be upon him, as Sayyid al-Shuhur the foremost of all the months. You know, when we think of Ramadan,
2: basically the first and the most immediate thing is about abstinence from food and drink. But it's so much more than that. Alim, wouldn't you agree?
4: Indeed. um, If I were permitted to use a modern analogy, I would suggest we look at the modern-day computer. We have hardware, we have software. Uh, We don't see the software. All we see is uh, the outer form of the computer. Ramadan essentially seeks to re-examine the software that drives the human being. So it denies it all the physical needs that it thinks it absolutely needs in order to focus on the software, on the internals, on the, the psyche, on the mindset, uh, the attitude adjustments that we need in order to be better human beings, in order that we experience our own being and, and those around us experience us in a more elevated sense. In a better way To improve the human experience All of
2: this That is happening In terms of the essence We're staying away From the food We're staying away From all the bad deeds We're staying away From everything But at the end of it What it is We're hoping to achieve
4: I would suggest That we are hoping To achieve An elevated state Where we In every action That we conduct Ourselves in In every manner That as We try to be The best In conduct And this is what the human experience is all about. When you speak about the social ills of society, for example, you'd see it's the worst of conduct and everyone frowns on it, regardless of faith, tradition or none. So we are trying through the exercises and the rituals and the denials of physical needs in the month of Ramadan to reprogram, readjust ourselves so that in the human reality in, in our social settings, we are better human beings.
1: And I also think that, reflecting on your question, Brother Riyadh, is Ramadan, in a way, is the destroyer of illusion. It takes away this idea that this world means something more than what it means. We become reliant on the world rather than reliant on Allah. Majestic is His name. What it does, it breaks these desires for the world and puts us in a state where we're connected to our Lord. Because why else would anyone fast? How, how do I know you're fasting today or anyone is fasting? I could look at someone and say, there's no signs, there's no reason to fast except it is the command of Allah. That Allah has commanded those who are obedient to Him from mankind to fast. This is the fast that if you look at all the faith traditions in the world, None of them have this continuous linkage to our prophet, peace be upon him, who showed us exactly how to fast for 1400 years and counting. So we're doing something that basically unbroken from the time of our prophet, peace be upon him, to now, an entire month, not one day, not 10 days, not half a day, but an entire month every single day to repeat the same action over and over. So why are we doing it? For the same reason, Sheikh Asha'arani, he says, you know, it can't be copied. It can't be imitated. You have to do it with intentionality. And that is the beauty of this month in the way we as a community come together and observe this month of Ramadan. This month,
2: especially with COVID-19, is not a normal Ramadan. It cannot be practiced as we normally do. So how can we still achieve this true essence of Ramadan during these times of pandemic?
3: We've just spent the last few minutes talking about connecting with God. And if you think about what this pandemic has done for us in terms of social isolation and lockdown, we are not unable to utilize our community iftars, as well as utilize the mosque and congregational prayer. But beyond that, every single thing that we need to do as Muslims in the month of Ramadan, we can do. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not just found in the mosque. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is everywhere. You know, He is with you wherever you are. And, and that's important for us. He's closer to us than our jugular being. When we remember Him, He remembers us. If we understand that and we understand that Allah is close to us and we are trying to develop that relationship with Him, it means that wherever we find ourselves, in this instance, we find ourselves in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of a lockdown, but it doesn't mean that wherever we find ourselves, whether it in social isolation or otherwise, that we can't develop that relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Islam does not have with it anything like a priesthood type of system where you need intermediaries between one and God. You know, we can connect with God directly. And wherever we find ourselves, we can do so. And I truly believe that if people were to consider this carefully, they would find themselves developing a very close Relationship with Ramadan despite all of the lockdowns and all of the, you know, the inconveniences that we are currently undergoing.
1: Just want to add that in Ramadan, when you're fasting, while Ramadan becomes this communal affair, as Dr. Riza was saying, we get together at our mosque, our Islamic centers, at the homes of our families to break the fast collectively, to sit at the same table, to enjoy a meal to have discussions, to talk about things. That's the communal part. That's not integral to the fasting. The fasting is yours. It is your own sacrifices. I don't know what you're experiencing by way of your health, by way of whatever medications you're on or whatever your personal health situation is that may obstruct you from fasting or allow you to fast. Alhamdulillah, if you have good health. God bless you and you can do it. And that's great. But it's your fasting. It is purely personal. And so in a sense, there's this personal public thing going on here. The public gatherings are now stripped away and leaving you bare. So you're alone with your fasting. And so what people are trying to do by using the virtual platforms that we have, social media and the various things that we have and all the other platforms is that they're trying to connect to replace that public thing that used to take place in the mosque and Islamic centers with something virtual. And now it's gone to the point where people are talking about virtual prayers, for example. So the Taraweeh prayer at night, an imam at, uh, somewhere on a virtual platform leads the prayer and you're at home and you're following that prayer. And by consensus of most of the scholars that are alive today, that is not an acceptable form of prayer. But if you could pray at home, pray at home. If you could pray with your family, that's what you need to do. Pray with your family. If you only know three, four, five surahs, if you know the last 11 surahs of the Quran plus Fatiha, then do that. Do as much as you can. We used to do this when we were... Uh, younger and at home with our parents, reciting the entire Quran is very meritorious, it's excellent, but it is not a requirement of taraweeh that you recite the entire Quran. And so our advice to people is not to ignore what goes on on the virtual platform, benefit from it as much as you can by way of the talks, by way of the gatherings that people are having, the discussions perhaps. It's very unique, and we have the technology, and why not use it? Why not benefit from it? But when it comes to the prayer itself as an act of ibadah, an act of worship, our advice or my advice to our listeners is to follow the great imams that have taught us that the prayer, you have to be in a situation where your prayer is yours as well, and it has to be valid. No, are doing something that turns out to be invalid.
4: In terms of achieving the objectives of Ramadan, that of taqwa, and many, many faith traditions have this concept of withdrawing or halwa from society, which is ineffective social isolation or physical distancing in order to gain a heightened sense of spiritual awareness. This particular situation where we are locked into our homes provides us Somewhat of that context, although we share our homes with other members of the family, we're disconnected from the community. So it does provide us that space and that time away from work and all the other human activities where we can really get in depth into the spiritual and ritual uh, exercises to earn that place of taqwa by the end of the month of Ramadan.
3: If I can add to that, if you think about it, uh... We are accustomed to building relationships um, within the community during the month of Ramadan. And sometimes th- that building those relationships can be to the detriment of building relationships with our immediate family members. And SubhanAllah, in this 2020, the, in this Ramadan, we found ourselves in a situation whereby we have the opportunity to reverse that trend and really establish greater contact and build relationship between our family members. You know how often you find people, they spend the entire month of Ramadan, um, the vast majority of it, in the mosque and not home with their families. And now we have the opportunity to do the reverse, to be able to spend a lot more time, to be able to pray with your family members, to be able to get up early in the morning, have something to eat, to be able to break the fast together in the evening, to be able to sit and read the Quran together, to be able to study together, to be able to exercise and play together, to be able to share uh, the experiences together. And that's something which is so wonderful. And as Muslims, you know, our first and foremost responsibility is to ourselves and then to our family members. And we really have an opportunity to be able to develop as families more so during this month of Ramadan. That's
2: a very interesting point. Yes, people go to mosque to pray and people go to mosque for iftars and for that whole community affair. But maybe the benefit or the good side or the positive side of this thing is that we are now forced to stay with our families.
4: The idea is not to be forced to be with your family, but it should be a natural outcome.
3: Absolutely. And just to give you an idea, the way that we have organized here as a family before the month of Ramadan started, Everybody posted their resolutions, the Ramadan resolutions, in a big whiteboard, and it was all written down. So everybody knows exactly what every other person in the family wants to be able to achieve. Um, And that was the first thing. And then the second thing is that, and therefore we can help each other to be able to achieve those goals. Then when it comes to prayer, the same way that you would have in the mosque, you would have a timetable for when prayer in Jamar is being held. Well, the same thing here. So there's a prayer timetable, and everybody knows when we're going to be praying as a Jama'a. Um, for meals, of course, everybody is breaking fast together, everybody's eating together. And so that you find that we're able to do a lot more things as family together. Uh, we have a family study circle together so that the family members will come together and share um, an advice or a reminder um, from the Quran um, together as a family. And these are things um, you know that this month of Ramadan really um, has helped us be able to come and be a lot closer to each other.
2: When we look at one of the activities in Ramadan, a big part of activity Ramadan is the iftar. And it's done at the mosque. And a lot of poor people benefit from this iftar by coming to mosque and being a partake of a, a very nutritious and, and pretty good meal. But now that the mosque closed, what solutions can you guys offer the mosques out there, to the community of how they can still prepare these meals and share it with the needy people in this particular time.
1: In the Caribbean, where you have smaller communities, where people depend on the masjid to prepare the iftar, or the the meal that opens the fast, is a very vital part of people's experience in Ramadan. And so I think that in, in smaller communities, that can continue where maybe one or two people with social distancing, prepare the meal, and then you have people come and pick it up or have it delivered if possible, if it's affordable to do that. So that people who are fasting for 12 and a half hours, you know, in intense heat, or maybe having to work and so on and so forth, and not having to go home and then prepare their own individual meal. And that would be a tremendous help to them to experience Ramadan in a bit more easier way. So I think that given this pandemic and the social distancing and so on, and not being able to gather physically at the mosque doesn't mean that you take away the the purpose of the iftar, helping people to experience the fast of Ramadan in a bit more
3: easier way. Added to that, in the midst of this pandemic, there's also a downturn in the economy, and many people have lost their jobs, and many people will lose their jobs in the future. So... Life is going to be very difficult. And just maybe in this month of Ramadan, people will learn to be able to perhaps live with less, perhaps eat less, perhaps be a little bit more healthy, perhaps be a little bit more connected with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but perhaps also learn the little that they have with others. And this is where, you know, we people have start thinking not just about themselves, but also about with the little that they may have, how they can share it with others, because this will certainly be needed. As the days go by in the midst of this pandemic
4: well in the days of plenty it's always me in the days of scarcity it becomes we, and uh, it reminds me of my childhood actually when mother was responsible to get food on the table and uh, they would be shouting uh, across the streets hey girl what you have there to cook and so that was the kind of trading that took place in in the community in which i grew up so it's history repeating itself Uh, we have to look after each other and we have to do it in a way that is sustaining to the community in terms of our health, mental, as well as physical. So all we can do is encourage each other to look after each other.
2: All right, gentlemen. So we are fastly approaching the end of the program. Um, any last words? I will start with uh, Brother Ariza.
3: Well, I think uh, I, my my last words would be that um, I, I hope that everybody has a you know, fruitful and productive Ramadan. I mean, we remember the... The central point about Ramadan, it's about building our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And despite the lockdown that is going on, you know, we have all the means to be able to achieve that goal. The prayer, the fasting, um, the dhikr, the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All and the reading of Quran, to be able to spend time with our families. Everything that we would normally, we would need to be able to develop that relationship, we have. And we can do it, inshallah.
4: Alim, what would be your last comments? I think we have to use uh, words properly. Uh, social distancing is not necessarily what we are looking for. We are looking for physical distancing. So in these times, we need to get that sense of community or sustain it the best way we can use technology uh, to feel that sense of, uh, of, of togetherness that we are all in this project building our taqwa in the months of ramadan we are physically separated but don't socially isolate in a sense of staying away from each other use your phone use your skype use whatever means you have to to keep that sense of togetherness
2: and the gentleman who we started the whole program with nazim what would be your final comments
1: well i'll end by saying that i pray that this ramadan for people uh becomes one in which we really taste the sweetness of of taqwa of god consciousness that it becomes uh, the key to knowledge and key to success and the key to salvation and as Allah says in the Quran uh, from all a liberation from all our worries and our dependency on the creation of Allah and taking us back to our dependency on God Almighty uh, and our relationship with him
2: and with that, uh, my dear listeners, we have come to the end of the program. I wish to thank all of you who are listening and certainly I wish to thank the panel who visited here with us today uh, to discuss this very, very important topic in, and uh, very ongoing topic in the Muslim community the month of Ramadan. Thank you, Nazim for joining us today and thank you, Dr. Reza and and Alim. It was a, a pleasure having you gentlemen on the program and uh, inshallah, we'll see you guys next week. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam.
3: alaikum assalam
0: they asked me about religion why they asked me about my race and my tribe they asked about my complexion why? when they asked me this is what i say my grandfather was a muslim and my daddy was a rasta they were searching for the truth and the quran they gave the answer they put their hands up in the We naga worship the creation, we only pray to the creator.